Gumption. Defined as initiative, aggressiveness, resourcefulness, courage, spunk, guts, common sense, and shrewdness. Welcome to the podcast. This is Stories of Gumption with your host, Ryan Lee. All right, here it is, episode 14. We're here for another episode of the Stories of Gumption podcast. For all you that are new listeners, thanks for trying the podcast out. If you're a returning listener, thanks for uh, tuning in this far. Hope you've enjoyed it. We got another really good episode for you today. Number 14, really pumped about this. Uh, Again, Stories of Gumption, what are we doing? We're having conversations with entrepreneurs, creative thinkers, and just really, really impressive people. Let's talk about our two sponsors who have been hanging on for the long haul here. We really appreciate their support and everything that we've been able to do with the podcast because of them. The first, we're switching it up, Kavanaugh Realty. Kavanaugh Realty is... uh, a local real estate, independent real estate company helping their neighbors buy and sell their homes. You can check them out on the web or on social media, hashtag local matters. And uh, I've shared this story before, but uh, when my wife Lauren and I were buying our house, uh, we actually decided at the 11th hour we wanted to make an offer. First time home buyer, that's really scary. We didn't know what we were doing, but Galen Trombley from Kavanaugh Realty uh, helped us through it. He was actually on vacation and Skyped with us the night before we wanted to make our offer. And uh, because he did that and put in the extra effort, we actually beat out another offer. And here we are, sitting in the Gumption studio in our house. So Kavanaugh Realty, they're doing great things. And in our experience, great with first-time homebuyers. The second sponsor we have is Open Gate Farmstead. They are a stone's throw away from the mighty Osable River. Open Gate Farmstead is a first-generation farm specializing in free-range poultry, pasture-raised pork, and seasonal produce. The farm is run using a simple principle. Happy animals make the healthiest and tastiest product. So check them out on their YouTube page. They got a really cool YouTube page. Maybe uh, you're not interested in buying some locally sourced eggs or meat or vegetables, but they got a really cool... Uh, YouTube page that's telling their story and the whole farm-to-table movement and local agriculture. It's great for our economy, but they got a cool thing going on, so check it out. Also, if you are interested in buying some eggs for special a special offer for Gumption listeners, they're taking a dollar off. That's right, a dollar off, big money, your first order of eggs. But the eggs are phenomenal. Uh, Lauren and I eat them all the time, and they're really good. So, Check it out, Open Gate Farmstead and Kavanaugh Realty. If you're interested in sponsoring the Stories of Gumption podcast, uh, send us a message at Stories of Gumption Podcast, all one word, all lowercase, Stories of Gumption Podcast at gmail.com. Be happy to have a, a conversation with you about what, sponsor, what sponsorship looks like. So that's that. Episode 14. Here we go. Super pumped about this one, because not only do I get to have a cool conversation with a cool friend of mine, but I I think I'm going to learn something today, too. Uh, Today's guest is the Violence Prevention Education and Outreach Coordinator within the Title IX Department at SUNY Plattsburgh. 
super pumped about this conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Zyasia Nadler. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm pu- <laughs> I'm pumped. I'm pumped to have you on on the podcast, Zyasia. Yeah, no, this should be good. This should be good. And uh, you know, when I when I asked you to be on the podcast, I wasn't sure what you were going to say because I'm not sure what I was going to say either. <laughs> yeah, because we've met primarily through board games. Yes. Yes. Serious board gaming. (laughs) (laughs) We still haven't finished, but you know, it's okay. And and you and I have been adversaries. Yes. In board games. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So for the listeners that don't know, uh, Zyasia, myself, my wife, and another friend of ours, uh, Jake, have been playing this game called Risk Legacy. I've never played it before. It's awesome. Had you played it before that? No. My first time. Okay. So it's risk, but like intense. Yeah. Yeah. Like full speed ahead, nonstop. Yeah. Destruction. Yeah. Like, like in order to win risk legacy, you have to win how many games of risk? (laughs) Way too many. Was it 15, 12, 15? I I don't know. It's crazy. It's like 15 games of risk. Yeah. And, and, uh, you draw all over the board, you change it, it, things blow up and it's, you open boxes. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Um, we have a friend, uh, Jake, like I said, who, I mean, he doesn't actually treat the game this way, but we joke all the time <laughs> that he is, uh, Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec yes. when he makes the cones of Dunshire. Yes. Yes. So anyhow, I digress. <laughs> I asked you to be on the podcast after this experience. You and I have gone up against each other in battle on, uh, Risk Legacy, had a great time. Maybe still winning. you are still crushing everybody. Thank you. Um, which is certainly its own form of gumption. <laughs> but I'd like to know, what is your definition of gumption? Yeah. So I think I created my own definition. Um, well, obviously, after I had to look up the definition. Because I was like, <laughs> what is this word? This doesn't sound right. Um, I was like, how do you even pronounce this? And I was like, all right, let's go. So I, of course, as I do, my young self, I Googled it. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and when That's I, what I did, admittedly, too. Yep. Um, and when I Googled it, I found it was like resourcefulness and aggressive. And I was like, ooh, aggressive. I don't like that word. But okay, let's see what else. And it was like innovative. And I was like, all right, that, that's cool. I'm, I feel that. Like, I can relate to that. Um, so I chose to take the words um, innovative and uh, resourcefulness to really be that creative. So I think when you mentioned earlier being that creative mind, I think that's the combination of it. Um, if you want to be creative, you have to be innovative because um, you have to be willing to hear people tell you no or that's a silly idea and then still go with it and be like, well, I'll find these resources somewhere. If you don't want to give it to me, I will find them. And I think that's what it means to me, being able to find what you want. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. And, and uh, I've gotten a lot of different uh, perspectives on gumption just mm-hmm. from doing this podcast in a short while. You know, I'm only, we're only at episode 14, yeah. and I have not asked that the definition of gumption question to every guest, but most guests have had their own take on it. And I think that's kind of like, it's an interesting thing about why I love the word gumption. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny to say too. I think it's like yeah. it feels good really saying it. Yeah. Like once I got it, I, was like, I got this. Like Gumption. I can actually use this. I feel like I'm pulling out dictionary words now. Like I feel like an adult if I yeah. use this word. Yeah. So yeah, I felt I impressed myself by learning this word. So thank you. For hey, that. hey, yeah, and and uh, I think that's the beauty of it. It means something different to everybody, and uh, I like your definition. Thank you. I really do. Uh, innovation and. Yeah, it, it keeps a, it, it keeps us moving forward, mm-hmm. which I think will certainly be a great sub theme of our conversation. Yeah. But uh, let's help the listeners understand a little bit more about who Zaija is. So, where'd you grow up? You know, where'd you school? Go to school? What'd you do for fun? Tell me about your family or whatever you'd like to share about your background. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so I'm from Rockland County, New York. Uh, if you are from New York City, then it's considered upstate. Um, But you learn quickly going to Plattsburgh that nothing is upstate until you are in Plattsburgh. Um, So I learned that very fast. Uh, But I am from Rockland County. I'll still say upstate because a lot of people will still ask me what, where. Um, And the only way I can answer is the Palisades Mall or Woodbury Commons because that's the only way they know. Um, But yeah, it's not a large county. I'm from a small city in there. Um, my school was majority people of color, um, specifically Haitian. We have a very large Haitian population. Um, Very cool. We also have a very large, uh, Jewish population. Um, they're both Hasidic and Orthodox. Um, so it's very interesting, uh, struggles going through school because if, I mean, if you Google Rockland County, East Ramapo, um, and just the school board, you'll see a lot of stuff. There's a lot of animosity, um between just based on allocations of funds and you know where you know you may not be from a good area so that mean it reflects on your school your school is not going to get the best funding and you're going to lose your arts your science and math which for me i feel like those are very important especially growing up like you need art class you need math class um like you can't just have everyone going into stem and i think that's where we're leaning towards now uh but they at one point they started losing the music classes and things like that and I was like don't do that because <laughs> everyone can't do math everyone can't do science um but honestly it's it was a great time growing up I had a lot of frequent trips to Toys R Us um fantastic yeah I was <laughs> for a period of time I was what people consider like a latchkey kid uh, my grandparents both work for transit they are now retired thankfully um so they work for transit and had to commute to New York City very oftentimes I have an older sister oh, wow. Uh, who I live with um, back at home, obviously. Yep, yep. Um, she's not here with me, but which is okay. Uh, but yeah, so I live with her and we pretty much raise each other. But of course, my grandparents were always there. If I called them, they were on the first bus headed home. Yeah. Um, anything happened. I also had the pleasure of being raised by my great grandmother. Um, so she was in our life for a long time before she passed last year. Uh, and she was in the households burning up pans, cooking and making stuff she probably shouldn't be making at her age. But, <laughs> you know, it was it was great. She was fantastic. I loved her. Um, I love all my parents. Um, really cool with my mom, too. My mom lives in Kissimmee, Florida with my two younger brothers. Um, some other siblings, too, from my father's side. A few. One lives in North Carolina, the other one in Long Island. So we were definitely really spread out. Uh, oh, the wow. majority of my family is from uh, New York City or Virginia, that's where I would consider my roots. 
um a lot of people always go like oh like what's your what are you and i'm like i don't know (laughs) (laughs) um it always depends on who you're asking you'll get for me you'll just get black like it's just the easiest go-to like i don't know yeah um but if you go speak to my mom you'll get oh you're italian and you're black and you're white and you're all this and but for me i just sum it up to be black it's just easy it's just one word yeah cool um i'll also say native american because i do have some native american um, oh wow history in my lineage um but it's one of those things that if you're not directly connected it, you kind of can't count it anymore mm. um so i only count it to a certain extent uh but yeah and then i came to plattsburgh so growing up was cool in rockland and i'll still say upstate and i'll claim it as upstate even though it's not i saw i saw a map on i don't know it was facebook or something recently it was like it was like redefining the sections of <laughs> of New York and uh yeah like Rockland County to like Albany was mm-hmm. considered upstate. Yep. <laughs> and then like we were like from Albany up to Canada which for those not from New York that's where we're at. We're we're mm-hmm. basically Montreal's US suburb in Plattsburgh. <laughs> uh yeah, it was like I don't know the the great north north country yep north siberia country, like <laughs> might as well been siberia honestly it feels yeah like that, so. and, and in that um escape from danamora yeah show i've grown up most of my memorable life in plattsburgh i never heard uh great siberia as a way they hmm. describe up here but apparently that's uh what a lot of the inmates refer to this area as. I mean, so i learned something from that too i would i would get that though it's very cold <laughs> it, very very cold this winter in particular yes it was terrible long. it was very bad long very bad so i'm going to guess i could be wrong but did you play a lot of board games as a kid yes you i did. love board games <laughs> um my family, no wonder you kick my butt at I, board games I'm all the time good at board yeah. games. i mean <laughs> i will say that you know risk is not one of them that i, I played before and i feel like i probably should have integrate that but i will definitely integrate that in my future with other friends and family um but my family is definitely huge on board games like charades is something that we like have to play at any family gathering like you can guarantee we're playing charades oh wow um and then even if i invite like friends and stuff over they're like what is happening here um <laughs> uh, and i'm like yeah just join in you know find your fit don't yeah. get don't get it wrong and don't make my team lose you'll be great like <laughs> just don't make us lose um so we are very big on games for a while um back when the Wii was popular we started doing the Wii and just dance was really big um, Wii bowling Wii bowling was big Ooh, I, had, I, I had a mean Wii bowling i was not <laughs> that was one area where the curve balls i was like i don't understand i'm not turning my wrist please <laughs> stop someone, curving the ball yeah, I was like, someone help <laughs> um so yeah Board games were like huge, like still to this day. I mean, I have a whole, I have Jenga, I have Uno, yeah. I have Mancala, like I have oh, Dominoes, wow. um, Trouble, Sorry. Like I am very big, charade, shoots and ladders. Like you can always find a game if you find me because I feel like that's a great way to connect with people yes. um, as well as exposing them to the different games that they've never played. Like seeing how many people have never played charades. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, this is such a simple game and so easy. And it's just guessing, like just guess and act out um, what you're hearing. Did you ever bring a, a significant, significant other over and, and they're like, 
whoa yeah. like i didn't know you're you're a gamer so yeah. to speak we're not together anymore no, <laughs> that's not why um but I it's like, like priorities <laughs> yeah um they made us lose like they were terrible oh like, no. no um but yeah we've had we've had i've had not, obviously not a lot but i had i think one maybe um and i think it was thanksgiving it was like a thanksgiving dinner um and after thanksgiving we played like a game and they just weren't up to par when it came to the game it was just like mm. no i need you to to get in here I mean, and yeah. you know don't this say is... these bottom words like for some reason like i think a lot of my family assumes that I, we don't have to go over the instructions very well <laughs> and then you have people who come into the house and they have never heard the game and they really need instructions and it does not go well because they my family can be pretty ruthless when it comes yeah. to a game sometimes yeah it's like it's like listen this isn't this isn't that serious but it's effing serious yes, okay extreme <laughs> get like. get with it get on our level yeah it's like i'm with you i need you to act like you played for every day like, like so you ever had a moment like the classic proverbial moment of uh monopoly and everybody hates each other at the end of the night so monopoly is the game that i will not play like oh, i interesting. will not i cannot stand monopoly it takes way too long um i have an uncle who that is his first go-to game and that's just where i'm out <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's where i draw yeah. the line it takes way too long and it gets very hostile for no reason i'm like we can just pack this up and put these little pieces back <laughs> in the box um yeah monopoly is one where i'm like nope this is not this is not for me um but i let everyone else play everyone else can have at it um but i think uno is my like monopoly like uno is where i'm like very intense like no we make up our own rules don't follow what uno instructions say play like this <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yeah we yeah. might have to try that yeah because uno's got some iterations too that are interesting you know one i don't know all of them but like they're spitting cards at you and Mm -hmm. randomly and but the classic uno yes classic uno is where it's at i mean the new one that they have one of them is like you can add your own you can have like dares to it um oh wow they have their own flip um where you can they have one it's, it's like you actually flip hands with the other person that you're playing with um or the group of people or you may switch hands yeah oh, so wow. it can get really intense very fast with uno too but i don't like the machine ones like the spit i don't i okay. don't like that it's too much gimmicky yes yeah i'm with you mm-hmm. i'm with you there's another game uh phase Ten. phase phase 10 mm-hmm. yeah that's a good one yep, too i one. i can get intense with phase 10 yes it's not something I grew up with. Um, still good at it, but it's just one of those. So that was things. your that was like your thing was like yeah. games, like it's music, sports, anything like that, or music if I'm listening to it. Um, okay. But I never really fit like my taste never really fit in with anybody else. Um, so growing up in Rockland, if you're around Haitians, you were listening to compa. Okay. I can listen to compa. It's great. Um, but at a certain point, where I don't understand what's happening. I don't want to listen to it anymore. Right. Um, so, compa is amazing. I love soca music. I love dance hall music and reggae um, and all of that because that's a part of Rockland too, um, at least where I'm from in Rockland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I'm just very big on like R&B and soul music and things like that. It's very calming. Um, every now and then I'll do a little rap, but nice. sometimes it, it feels like they're yelling at me and I don't appreciate that. Mm. So, Yeah. I like happy rap. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I'm such I'm such a simple guy. It's like, yeah, I like happy rap. No big deal. Awesome. 
Okay. So you're growing up in Rockland County. You're having a great time. You're playing lots of board games. You're prepping for this uh, long-term, so to speak, Game of Thrones victory over (laughs) us in Risk Legacy. Uh, you're gonna win that, I think. The I, whole, the whole thing. I'm not but, gonna jinx myself. Yeah, but uh, I'll speak into, into existence. <laughs> I might, I might try and jinx you okay. right now, just so I can win. No. <laughs> um, so you, you eventually are getting ready to graduate high school, mm-hmm. and the classic decision that we all go through. Yep. What the heck am I gonna do when I graduate high school? Yeah. What were you thinking? What was your headspace, and and how did you ultimately make it to Plattsburgh? Yeah. So I, again, family is like very big for me. Um, I have an aunt who graciously and thankfully um, was like, I'll help you pay for it. And she did. Um, But her number one stipulation was I couldn't go to like community college. Like I couldn't go to close because, you know, Rockland has a community college as well. And I was like, it's in the SUNY. Like it's public. Mm, Like it's cool. It's It's literally like 10 minutes from home. I was like, I can make it there with no problem. Uh, and then she was like, no, you can't go there. Cause then you're just going to want to stay at home and, you know, help everybody raise your family, which was my plan. She's not lying. <laughs> it's true. Um, and I was like, okay, fine. So, and a means of being like spiteful, I looked at like the map of SUNY schools. Cause I knew I wasn't going public. I mean, private. Cause I was like, I can't afford private and I'm yep. not going to make you pay for it. Um, cause if in 10 years you want the money back, I don't want to give it back to you. Yeah. Uh, so I looked at the SUNY map and I was like, all right, let's do this. Um, and I saw Plattsburgh and it was like far up in New York and I was like, that can't be too bad. Um, and I did university of Buffalo and I was like, that can't be bad either. And it was a few other schools. Um, I don't remember which two, but I know university of Buffalo and Plattsburgh was my big, my big two. Cause they, but they They're were literally also very the far. two farthest away. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, this will be perfect. This will work well. So of course I got accepted to both. Um, And then I looked into how large University of Buffalo was. And I was like, oh, this is a big school. I don't like, like, you have to take a bus from the dorms to your classes for most of the classes. Oh, wow. There's a lot more snow. And I was like, "Ah, I'm not, I don't think the spiteful thing was working out for me at all. Uh, So then I looked at the map again. And I was like, ha, Plattsburgh it is. Fine. It's fine. Um, We'll look it up. And, like, people always told me, they were like, not people always told me, but, Plattsburgh had had an ambassador come down. They were like, yeah, it's cold. And, like, you know, they were trying to sell it. They didn't do a great job selling it. But, you know. Yeah, there's snow and it's cold. Um, But it's Plattsburgh. Yeah, like, it's great. (laughs) So much to offer. Uh, So then I, you know, we got in a car. Well, we didn't get in a car. No, it's not what happened at all. Um, My aunt was like, sure, let's do this. And we were coming up for orientation. And she's like, well, I'm not driving. And I was like, I'm not driving either, so I don't know who's doing this. Because we looked it up, and it was like five hours, and we were like, oh, this is a bad move. <laughs> but we yeah. already put down our deposit. Like, what's going to happen here? She's like, okay, we're going to fly up there. And I was like, well, this is the bougie of my family. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is the epitome of what my family is like. Like, Because the flight was only 45 minutes from New York City to Vermont was 45-minute flight. And I was just like, wow, we got on. And we got off. <laughs> That's how wow. fast it was. Um, I mean, it was a wonderful flight. They still gave us, I think, cookies at the point. So <laughs> I love flight cookies, and that was awesome. Um, and then I had went, and at that time, Plattsburgh had people that could pick you up um, from the airport during orientation. So Clutch. a person, yeah, a person came. Um, they picked us up. They were they were a really great tour guide. They really was selling selling the school and everything. 
Um, and then we got on the ferry and then it was like 16 wheelers with us on the ferry. And I was like, what the hell did I get myself into? And why is this truck on the ferry? Um, cause like if you're from New York, like you can go on the Staten Island ferry, but you're not going to have 16 wheelers. It's going to be like quick little passenger cars. Yeah. Just trying to get to the other side. The little guys that aren't going to be dangerous as you perceive. Yeah. On water at that, that may tip over. So I was like, oh no, this is not, I don't feel safe. I'm worried. Um, and also I looked at the weather before I came and it was like 30 degrees. Mind you, it was July. So I'm like 30 degrees in July. Like, whoa, they were not lying. They said it's like cold. And I'm like, what's going on up here? I got up here and it was hot, boiling hot. And I'm just like, I have Uggs on, I have a hoodie, I have like three layers on. Oh man. So I'm burning up. And, you know, it's orientation. So of course, only thing I packed was hot things. Yeah. Uh, so it was not a good idea. I go back because I'm like, what is wrong with my weather map? It's in <laughs> Celsius. Oh. So. So it was hot. It was hot. Wow. It was really hot out that time. So, of course, Man. I was just burning up, looking silly in Uggs as if I don't know where I was coming from. Um, so then, yeah, I ended up here and I realized that, you know, in the <laughs> so, summer, Somehow it does through all get of hot. that, you were like, yeah, I'm still coming. I, I'm, I'm still going to make it here, right? <laughs> um, but it's just because the University of Buffalo was just way too big. Way okay. too big, yeah. Okay, so so the, really the decision to come to Plattsburgh was uh, a combination of, of family mm-hmm. uh inspiration so to speak to to get out and go see the world a little bit but also trying to find a school that felt comfortable yes yeah and plattsburgh was that fit Uh uh-huh okay so now i'd like to we're we're about 25 minutes in this is a perfect time for you to tell me your story of gumption um just tell me like a story uh, where you had to um, muster together maybe some gumption, or whether it was in college or adolescence or or any period that we've talked about already, mm-hmm. or moving forward where you're in college or whatever. Yeah, I'm rambling, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I got you. I got you it. got me. Yep, I got it. Let us know. Yeah, yeah tell me. So tell me your story. I definitely don't think it was something that I had as an adolescent. It was not one of my things, but. Then college came and, you know, I got, I realized that I can be a brand new person and be my own person. It was awesome. Uh, And then college kept going. Um, But I knew that no matter where, what school I went to, I needed to leave a mark in some way and be impactful um, for some people. Uh, So I had to obviously start looking into what does that mean? What does that look like for me? Um, And what kind of mark is it? Is it something that's going to go away once I go away? (laughs) Like, um, so then how was I? How was I resourceful? So I think just looking up into what Plattsburgh really had to offer, um, going on to hikes and realizing that hikes wasn't for me. That's how I learned to be innovative <laughs> and find that, you know, maybe you're not going to go to one of the peaks and instead you're going to go to Point of Rush and walk yeah. on pretty much flat line, <laughs> flat land the entire yeah. time Yeah. Um, and feel like you really accomplished a lot. So I think that was a huge, like innovative part for me um, in terms of knowing that while I'm in Plattsburgh, I don't have to live up to the expectations of what Plattsburgh sells, which is the Andorondacks, Andorondacks, yeah, yeah. Um, which are beautiful. 
also beautiful, but it also isn't me. Like I'm not mm. going to be a 46er anytime soon. <laughs> so yeah, that's a big I, commitment. Yes, it, it's too much. It's, it's way a too lot. much. I can really lot. run. Um, <laughs> but I, I like learning that for me was really innovative because I thought coming to Plattsburgh, that was something that was like everyone did. And if you didn't do it, then you didn't really come to Plattsburgh. Um, so that's how I was like innovative in itself. And then now in my role here, uh, I use what you know students complain about um i use what my former colleagues you know would say like they wanted to see in plattsburgh and i'm like okay well let's make these things happen um even if they're not here and of course i will always give them all the credit yeah um yeah but while people are not here we still have a lot of work to do mm. um so i think that's a big thing with resources so what did you graduate with a degree in I graduated in with sociology, criminal justice, and then a minor in gender and women's studies. Oh, wow. Yeah. And tell me about that. So, like, what, what gravitated you to the, each of those different yeah. Yeah. subject areas? So, I had no clue what sociology was when I first came. It's not something they talk, talk to you about. It's not realistic at yeah. all. Um, so, initially, I came in, and I was, like, psyched because, you know, I want to understand people's minds and why people think the way they think and how their mind works. And then I was like, I got into a psych one-on-one and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I was like, I think a is, lot of people do that. I was like, this is not fun at all. And thankfully at the same time I was in a social one-on-one, um, so sociology one-on-one yep. course. And I was like, okay, I care more about the world and how the world thinks on a greater level. Like the one-on-one individual is great, but everything that we do as a society comes from a structure that was placed before us. Mm. Um, so how we react one-on-one to society is one thing, but trying to, in some ways, dismantle and disrupt some of the things that were created before us, I feel like we all have an obligation for that, um, mm. to do that. Uh, so then I chose sociology. Um, and then criminal justice, I always and still to this day, I want to, in my future, build like a recreational center um way in the future not no time soon but if anyone listening would like to help me achieve that thank you <laughs> that, i appreciate it now that's sweet um because yeah. there's there's a lack of them like everywhere and of course you have children who are going alternative options as street into the streets and things like that and i want to prevent that uh or even those who just have bad rough childhoods growing up um i don't want to make them feel as though the only option they have is to just go through life yeah um instead of living life uh, so then I wanted to work with girls, especially um, who were in juvenile centers um, or getting released from juvenile centers to really make sure that they feel hope and that they have a system set up where they can succeed um, no matter what their past was showing them. Uh, and then gender women's studies is I feel like everyone should take one of those courses, like 100 yeah. percent. Yeah, um, it's really misleading for a lot of people. They think it's all about women and that we're all going to hate men when we get out of it. Um, but a lot of ways you just appreciate a lot of things and you have a better understanding of the structures that are put on us mm. um, that we don't get to choose. As someone who has not taken one of those classes, mm -hmm. what is like a simple takeaway that you can share with me that I can share with someone else from yeah. gender and women's studies coursework? Yeah, I think understanding the number one thing, obviously, that's a easy go-to is like feminism mm -hmm. understanding that feminism isn't one thing like there's so many you have radical feminists you have black feminism you have um liberal feminism there's so many 
breakthroughs of just that umbrella term in general and i think we can't ever group any one of them alike Mm. um even when we break down what a radical feminist is like they all don't look alike they all don't sound alike um and understanding that feminism doesn't mean you hate men yes can there be individuals who hate men out there yeah Mm -hmm. sure and i let them live their lives as they choose to do so uh but overall it's just understanding that you may be a part of this umbrella group but your individual self does not hmm. mean you reflect all the ideals of that group um and things change things hmm. gravitate over time yeah no that's great and you know you talk we talk about things like like just the gender pay gap and, yeah. and simple things like that i feel like um if everybody was required or strongly encouraged to mm-hmm have that as maybe a gen ed yep. or something where they're just exposed to the content mm-hmm. and maybe their perspective is is pivoted a little bit yeah. or even a little um, bit would help just uh, even a yeah and and i mean i think i think a, at least from my experience of of attending uh classes that my wife has taught at mm-hmm. suny plattsburgh on diversity and and social justice there's there's a lot that can be learned from yeah. just taking it all in Mm-hmm. and not necessarily walking in ex- with this mindset that they're going to try and tell me I'm wrong. Yep. Because if you walk in with this mindset that, uh, oh, the, you know, the classic, the, these liberals, quote unquote, are going to just try and tell me I'm wrong, not to make things political, but it, it's not about that at all. Mm-hmm. It's about um, the, the golden rule, treating people the way you want to be tr- treated. Yep. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't you want to get paid? <laughs> for the same job uh yeah. you know regardless of any other who characteristic yeah. yeah who you were yeah because you're qualified to do that job yep. so um i i take i digress a little bit but I, you know i to your point that's that's a great course of study and i i think that's something that um a lot of people can gain from and mm-hmm. gain from and i uh i kind of wish i took it when i was in college but i never did never had an interest and yeah. that was my own naivety to it yeah um so you graduate with those degrees Oof. and you're again at that pinnacle moment where you say, um, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Was it in your head that you were going to leave Plattsburgh? Yes. Be honest. Yes. A hundred percent. Tell me more about that. And the re- and, and the basis of my question is because as someone who grew up here, most of my memorable life, uh, and I, I'm very active in different communities, one in particular, Adirondack Young Professionals. Our goal is to retain talented mm-hmm. young people like you. Uh, I don't think we had any impact on you whatsoever, but I'm curious of your experience in making that decision. Yeah. Um, I had already, it's funny enough, I left Plattsburgh. Like, I packed up. I made it home. I was good, settled in. Oh, um, wow. Unpacked. Uh, and then maybe a week and a half after graduation, they called me and they were like, Hey, (laughs) and of course me, I freak out and overthink about everything. Uh, so I saw the call. Well, I saw the voicemail first and it was like, please give us a call back. And I was like, Oh no. Um, because while I was up here, I joined a sorority. I was in the student association, the student government. Um, and I worked for our community service, um, entity on campus so i did a lot of things so i thought i didn't finish something that i started 
and I was like, oh man, I'm in trouble. What am I gonna do? I, uh, it's not gonna be great. Um, so then I finally mustered the guts to call him back, and I was like, the all gumption, right. <laughs> in a yeah, way. Yeah, see, look at that. Um, I was like, all right, I'm gonna call them back. Um, and I did, and they were like, like, do you want to come back? And I was like, oh okay like i i guess i mean this wasn't in my plans but i also didn't have any plans um i left with the mindset of i have six months to figure out whatever works um and i know that anyone who's graduating does not have an immediate job like Mm. number one thing is they say like if you graduate and you have an immediate job shout outs to you and it's true you're a minority um yeah you are indeed um, so really kudos to you because it's not it's not a privilege everyone else gets. Um, so getting the call back, I felt in a way like privileged. I recognized that. And I was like, I can't. I was like, clearly, if they're calling me back, I have something that wasn't finished there yet. And I'm OK with that. And for me, I have to finish whatever I started. Um, so them calling me back means internally I didn't finish something. So I had to go back. Um, and I think that's a big way of retaining students here is when they graduate, obviously is they don't feel like they've left anything. So you Mm. have to one, make students feel as though they're leaving something behind that they can come back and tend to, um, if need be. And I think even creating opportunities while they're here, um, for example, internships, socials as ADK, um, YP does, um, creating those opportunities so they can meet with things. Because uh, also, I mean, you the reality of it is a lot, especially um, for students of color and um, other marginalized communities, you have it where we've endured some craziness while we were up here. Um, so like going back, even the idea of going back was like, oh, no, like what am I going to encounter next time I go back? Uh, so even seeing that, I mean, I was like, all right, I guess there's something here and I guess... Um, making people feel wanted here is mm. important too. Mm. That's incredible. That's incredible. So um, the role that you came back to yeah. is the role you're in now? In a way, yes. Tell me about um, that a little bit. So it, initially we had another opportunity um, that came up and unfortunately it went away because it ended up just not being a fit. Um, so that was the initial role. Um, that happened and then again unfortunately um, it was at the same time last February um, when the Snapchat incident broke out Mm. on campus Um, so at that point my predecessor who's amazing and I love her so much still to this day we still talk all the time um, it was like she was like I'm done I'm done in Plattsburgh I can't do this anymore Um, and I really saw how it was affecting her mental health especially as a black woman Mm. Um, so I was like, all right, well, if you're done, I mean, again, this is still work that someone has to do. And if that position that I was initially in isn't a fit and isn't going to benefit the students or the outer campus, I'm not going to do it. It makes no sense. Um, so with her leaving, I was like, I, I got you. Like, I'll take this on because I know you still have things lined up and these are your babies and I'm going to Make sure that you have your babies um, and still give you full credit for everything that you've achieved up here. Well, that's that's crazy. That's yeah. that's um, well, without really going into it, you know, Lauren and I lived through that as she's an employee of SUNY Plattsburgh yep. as well. And I think every employee in their own way had their own struggle or challenge mm-hmm. through that incident. And that certainly was a tough time for Plattsburgh because yeah. On one hand, and this is just me talking out loud in my 
my perspective and experience as a community member, you highlighted something that's kind of always been there mm-hmm. to North Country, New York. We're not a very diverse area. And so the sensitivity around what's funny and what's not yeah. is not always there. So that's mm-hmm. a lesson, right? But then there's also the piece of like, how do you connect the community to the students who, like yourself, are not from Clinton County mm-hmm. and make them feel welcome in that moment? That's a yeah. tough time. Yeah. It was not fun. Man. Especially as I transitioned. I was now into the new role. So it was like I had so many students who I was still close with who were because ideally I graduated a semester early as well. Mm-hmm. So my entire class was still there and I still had to assume this position as like a staff member and, you know, keep face <laughs> for the campus. And but yeah, at the same time, you're hurting, um, but still trying to keep face. It was like really tough indeed. And that on its own yeah. could be like your your big story of gumption likely um because and for for all those uh faculty and and staff members who were saving face as you said for the students uh and also fighting through your own pain and hurt from that Mm -hmm. and for the listeners who don't really know i'm not i want we're not planning on going into detail but there was a, a a racist snapchat that occurred uh that struck the SUNY Plattsburgh community very uh rough, hard. Yeah. very hard and uh from the top down every student every faculty member from the president down was affected by it in some way and it was big it was significant and um took a lot of gumption yeah. to be an employee supporting your students at that time so I, I guess what I'd like to ask then is um sort of this this other question that I'm curious about, because I think, I think, uh, the connection between the, com- the community, mm-hmm. general plat, like me as a, as a business person that I'm, I'm not on campus very often. I occasionally show up because my wife works there, but otherwise I would never be on campus. How do I, as a community member support or, uh, connect with, the SUNY Plattsburgh community and, and help students who may not be from here yeah. uh, or if they are from here feel welcome. And that I forget how you phrased it, but like they have something they'd be leaving behind mm-hmm. if they left Plattsburgh. Yeah. Um, the one thing that always, and I continue to say it is to validate the feelings of students that are up here. Um, whether it be, when snapchat is going on or now the aftermath of snapchat you still have a lot of students who are hurting um because they live through that uh so validating those feelings and understanding that yeah to someone from up here who it may have just been a joke and a really easy joke it's not right um it's something that clearly is affecting people's livelihood and makes people feel unsafe uh so number one thing is always validating those kinds of feelings and saying like you know like i see you like i I don't get it Um, because I think that's the number one thing we try to do. We try to get it um, Mm. and relate to it in some kind Mm. of way. Um, But there's some things that you just will never relate to. And that's fine. Um, But still through that saying, you know, like, I don't get it. But thank you for sharing. 
Um, and I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry it happened. I genuinely don't have too much control over what people say. Um, but I want to be here for you. Uh, and through that, while doing that, I think even educating ourselves like right now even <laughs> now as a staff member i may go or when i'm out in the community uh there's times where i'm facing microaggressions as a black mm. woman so explaining to people and you know calling them out on the microaggressions can be really tiring because i'm like here we go again like here i am uh for those of you who don't know what a microaggression is it's slight subtle things that people say or people do um, that have a larger impact and it's that essence of intent versus impact and mm. you know you may love my hair my hair currently can't see it but my hair is curly um, and you know it may be mesmerizing if you've never seen anyone with curly hair but asking can I touch your hair is not something that you would do to everybody right. so I think seeing that and understanding that um, in what it's true and it's like again your intentions may be awesome and you're a wonderful person um, but your impact, you may still hurt someone through that. Mm. Uh, there's great videos on YouTube. Um, microaggressions like mosquitoes is an awesome one. Um, what if white people had to encounter microaggressions? There's amazing um, ones out there. So doing that self-education as well. Um, so that if you're speaking to someone who you're really, again, you're trying to get that retention, you're trying to keep them up here, you don't have to ask them all the questions because again we have that burden of having to explain and educate which is great you mm -hmm. know we are educators um but it's tiring too like it's tiring and you don't get yeah. paid to educate <laughs> it's like yeah i don't make enough money to tell everyone every single day what a microaggression is and then to practice self-care when someone tells me no it's just you being sensitive like i don't mm. i don't have enough um no one pays me for that i don't have enough yeah. time um, for that kind of self-care. So I think noticing that and even calling out your friends or your family when you're sitting at a Thanksgiving table or just a Sunday dinner, like, hey, like, did you know this is happening today? Like all yeah. of those conversations. Yeah, no, that's good. And how do you how do you draw the line between that line you said of like, I'm just being sensitive today versus like recognizing yeah. that this actually harms somebody? Yeah. Because there's a classic, there's a classic scenario of like, well, yeah, you're just you're you're just uh, being sensitive, and mm -hmm. I'm not gonna worry about you being sensitive, yeah. calling you a baby or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I've, I mean, I've had moments where I'm like, oh, that person's sensitive, but I've now learned and I've grown from it, which is important too. Mm -hmm. Growth is key, right? Um, I think even growth can be a part of gumption too. Um, but absolutely, <laughs> I like that. But learning. And saying that I don't get to identify how someone feels hurt. Like, I don't get to choose what hurts you. Like, because, again, we all have different backgrounds and different life things. So, for you, you may see me as someone who's in Plattsburgh, who's just really friendly and awesome, and I am. Um, but yes, you, you don't are. know. <laughs> Unless I'm playing against you in Risk, true. and very then true. That is very true. shit's getting serious. Um, but, you know, <laughs> but you don't know how many times people have asked me can i touch your hair right and you don't know what i've been through with my mm. hair and that background history so now you meeting me you don't have the authority to you know define that hey that's not a big deal it's not that serious um i get to choose that because it's it's my body it's, it's my thoughts it's how i feel about myself so i think giving everyone that autonomy um to choose what they feel like define how they define their hurt yeah. like it's no big deal there and, and I think you just articulate something that's really important that's not always conveyed, but like sort of the, if I come up to you and I do that microaggression about mm -hmm. your hair, 
for me, it's a one-time experience. Yeah. And I'm like, well, geez, it was just one thing, like chill. Mm-hmm. But you articulated the fact that there's a historical yeah. piece to this that might be the bigger reason why someone mm-hmm. sees it as a microaggression. And I think that's a great point on perspective. Don't assume you know why mm-hmm. the person is upset. Yeah, Or you can relate to why they're upset. Yeah. That too. You can't relate to everything. And that's oh, fine. Yeah. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to be able to relate yeah. to to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're talking about like having conversations at home, but like and and like with your personal family and friends. And I get and I get that. Like that's definitely an, a, a way you can move a conversation mm-hmm. towards dialogue of how people feel and you know just awareness. But what about uh, big picture community things like yeah. what kind of feedback do you get from the SUNY Plattsburgh students on what they wish they saw mm-hmm. from the community okay. uh, kind of as a whole like bigger picture stuff yeah um well of course there's not things that we're gonna have a lot of controls on um but like the mall I hate it like <laughs> really <laughs> I hate the mall like I hate them all. I'm, I'm not a huge fan um, either, but I'm curious what your reason is. Yeah, it's, there's there's nothing in it for me. Like, I have DSW, great. I have Target, even better, even though I can spend a lot of money in Target that I don't need to spend. <laughs> um, but I have well, Target. Kohl's is I coming. Have, uh, okay. <laughs> She's like, eh. <laughs> like, Kohl's is cool, but Kohl's can also be really pricey. So the fact that that was the one that was chosen, I was like, I don't get it. But okay, you know, it's flattered. Sure. I don't, okay. It's cool. Um, and it's something more. So I, you know, you can only complain so much. Um, but there's nothing that kind of can like, and again, I guess it could be a bias cause I'm from Rockland County. We have the Plattsburgh mall. We have oh, yeah. everything. <laughs> like, yeah, it's we, true. We have everything. Um, but that's one thing, like we don't have stores, like you have students who are used to being able to go and find their hair products. Now I have to go buy hair products all offline. Like I can't just go to a store and find my hair products. Really? Yes. Yes. Um, I can't find the seasonings that I'm going to use in my food. Like I want to be able to find that if I go to Walmart, Target, or a grocery store in general. Interesting. Um, so those small, subtle things, like improving that. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, I feel like there's not enough internship opportunities out in the community Ooh, that's a good one again because that again that brings back that connecting the campus and the community if you can say like hey like you know i'm working at this small business or i'm working at that because then that's how we can improve and get people mm. to know um what's going on so whether it's job openings part-time where students can go um that's close to campus too because that's a big deal not everyone has access to a car and you know not the shuttle's not going to be running all times of the night so opportunities for internships and jobs or just something where it's professional development for students um that's often what they're looking for you know we come to to school to graduate and to be able to find a job so and jobs say you need three to five years experience but i was in school for four years so yeah right right (laughs) so having those opportunities i think are big and Mm. i don't think even during the semester there's not enough going on to really gain the students and bring the students into the community Mm, interesting Um, you have the battle of plattsburgh but the campus does nothing 
to inform students of what the Battle of Plattsburgh is. So it just becomes a big fireworks show with a lot of people downtown. Like, Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. There's no explanation as to why everything happens, the importance of this, the historical moments and things like that. So this campus is not learning the culture of the North Country or Clinton, Clinton County. Yeah, um, yeah. So even that, there's not enough activities happening. There's no fun things. Oh, yeah. And there's some amazing history in this region. There is. That I think students of all backgrounds would resonate with. Agreed. Um, You know, you brought up an interesting point, too. I mean, I think the community as a whole, businesses and all, like, time to step up a little bit and and recognize that this is something we need to do to invest Mm -hmm. in our future. Um, Shout out to all of you businesses listening that are in the downtown Plattsburgh area. If you think you can uh, sponsor an intern or even just a job shadow, like get in touch with SUNY Plattsburgh because those little things add up. And I think that's a huge way that we can add some value. It was also interesting to hear from you, though, that there's very little education or announcement around what the Battle of Plattsburgh is. Mm -hmm. And... That's just interesting to me because not that the Battle of Plattsburgh is the whole <laughs> big shebang of of why you would be in Plattsburgh. I mean, I, I get that. It's not sure. that big a deal. But the fact that most students don't know what it's about or what yep. it is, I feel like there's something missing there. Where's mm-hmm. where There's a gap there. Like, we need to fix that side of the, of the equation, too. Yeah. I don't know how you fix that, but it's interesting to talk there. about it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. I like it a lot. So businesses, if you're listening, uh, the, a big takeaway from this, I think uh, it's time for you to sit back and consider how you can contribute to that. Because mm-hmm. as someone who loves this area and wants to see it successful, I see the growth of young people staying to this area and the diversity of this area growing. Like all of it comes together to make us better. So consider your part. Are you ready? Actually, no. I'm not no. going to do the rapid fire yet. <laughs> I have one more question. Okay. Before we get to the rapid fire. Yep. I want to give you an opportunity to plug or talk about any initiatives that okay. Title IX or SUNY Plattsburgh in general are doing okay. at the moment. Uh, so we have, there's so much change happening on campus. We're waiting for um, the president uh, we just got the new vice president for diversity, equity, and inclusion. I saw that. Um, so What's her name again? Michelle Cromwell. From uh, what college? Nova Eastern down there. Oh, she if is. I'm not mistaken. I don't remember. I'm not going to lie. I don't remember. That could be wrong. Uh, when don't I, quote I, me. <laughs> we're, we'll edit that out. Yeah. I, I, uh, what the heck? No, she's not from there. Regis. Yes, there you go. Regis she's College. from Regis. She and I, I remember that ping popped up for me because my cousin went to Regis. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. And she's cool. brilliant, too. I hope yeah. you're listening, Melinda. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, that's great. So more current initiatives. I Sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. No, you're fine. Um, we're going into the fall semester. So fall semester is always really big. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I have. I'm still in the works of, like, 
outlining the rest of the semester. Um, but of course, we have Radius, which is our LGBTQ um, plus resource. Um, and we'll be working with the Adirondack North Country Gender Alliance to do the Pride Parade. Um, that's going to be October 5th. So that's awesome. We're, we're really trying to get more people to, you know, show out. Um, campus just had their sidewalk. So um, that's exciting. Uh, but we really want to bring in that community because we feel like it's very sheltered or closed off. You know, they may not be safe either in Plattsburgh. So that's important. Um, I'm looking to do more like open mic kind of things um, in the community, but still staying tuned for that. Trying to figure out where and how, what time um, works for different people. Of course, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, mm -hmm. so the Title IX office has a talent show um, that happens on Halloween. It's family-friendly. <sighs> that sounds um, awesome. Yeah, you know, not everyone celebrates Halloween, so it's actually called either a hollow talent show or we can call it, like, you know, fall festival talents. Um, but we want to recognize that not everyone is big on dressing up, especially when in the last two years it's been pouring rain or snowing. <laughs> so, yeah, right, um, we right. gotta go to the ballrooms and we do that. And then all of the donations then go to stop domestic violence, um, through, through BHSN. So we try to give a mm. lot back to the community. Uh, we just finished our SUNY got your backpack initiative where we, um, got donations, an immense amount of donations um, for goods. And, you know, we gave it to both Stop Domestic Violence and we have our own um, on-campus uh, food shelf. So really trying to give back in those ways. But if people are still looking to donate to our food shelf, we are always <laughs> looking for food. People underestimate how many hungry college students there are. Um, and it's not a conversation that a lot of people are having. But SUNY Plattsburgh is ready to have that conversation now. Um, so really trying to donate and get food into that office, uh, and healthy food. A lot of times people just try to give students ramen um, yeah, right. and like ramen's great, but you know, it's not healthy. So yeah, yeah we exactly. want some healthy options, um, here in traveling. So I think really looking forward to October, um, with domestic violence awareness month, pride month, um, all of that going on as well. Fantastic. Yeah. I love it. You're, you're doing a lot of work. That's, a, man, yeah. we keep circling more and more stories of gumption here that you just <laughs> keep listening. This is great. This is awesome. Well, now okay. I would like to pivot my favorite. Well, not my favorite, but it's one of, it's, it's, it's a very enjoyable segment of the podcast for me. Okay. The rapid fire question. Uh, I, I have a handful of questions for you. Okay. I'm going to just rifle them off. I want you to think of whatever it is that, that comes to mind. And uh, most of the time, they're similar questions to other guests. So okay. listeners can compare or think about what they I would answer if they were there. You like me. <laughs> yeah. Right. But uh, here we go. So the first one, number one, what is a book that you uh, would gift to a friend and why would you gift it? Yeah. Um, I would definitely give The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's been turned into a movie now, which the movie is awesome too, but as always, like books are better than movies, but you know. Of course. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going with that because I think that gives a lot of perspective, especially um, a lot of the book one talks about a young girl who's trying to battle um, within her identity. Uh, she's raised in, you know, uh, lower income um, area, socioeconomic class area, 
but yet she's going to like a private school you know her life is supposed to be oh so great but no one ever thinks about how you're supposed to balance um the two of those identities and then having your uh best friend then shot by a cop right um so it's really relatable and i think it it really gets into detail how and i'm not gonna say all people of color specifically specifically black people feel um but i know for me personally like as a black person it was like it sucked because it was like seeing black people die by cops again um but then Mm. seeing how the author was able to connect it through the book um and really explain those emotions i think was phenomenal and i think kind of like highlighting something you said earlier in the podcast as it articulates to that because mm-hmm. uh the whole cops shooting black citizens thing is a very fiery yeah thing right now yeah. and it's i i've found through my engagements uh in the community that people have very strong opinions about both sides of it Indeed. and i think uh your point about recognizing maybe not agreeing with but at least validating how someone feels Mm -hmm. about that yeah regardless of what the facts are of each situation like i feel like that could bring us a little bit closer just to be like i i validate you i understand why that would upset you Mm -hmm. now let's talk about it yeah and but, I think, like, even for me, like, I'm very firm on Black Lives Matter, and people may not like me now that I said it, um, but I'm very firm on it. But I also have an uncle who is a cop, like, and he knows, and he gets it. And, I mean, he's a black man, so not – he's a cop, and, of course, he's always – he wears his badge. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he's still a black man. So he's still in danger. Um, he's even had encounters with other cops. <laughs> Mm. um where he's actually gotten physically harmed because they didn't know that he was a cop on duty and thought he was someone else yeah um but he still had a uniform and everything on so you know it, it can get touchy there too yeah. but you yeah. know i think there's ways to support one another through those journeys too absolutely yeah. and I, I mean this is my own white guy chiming into a conversation <laughs> that i i don't know if i should but it's dangerous slope but I feel like from my conversations with a lot of people, it would have made a lot more sense to them if they interpreted it as Black Lives Matter 2, mm-hmm. T-O-O. Like, yeah. that's yeah, my understanding. That's what it means. Yeah. It's not, no, no, just yep. us. It's yeah. Black Lives Matter 2. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Anyhow. I, yep, that's true. <laughs> um any more comments on that or <laughs> okay no, I'm good. all right i like i i love the dialogue i think i think that's why i also love podcasting yeah the dialogue yeah, is freaking great we need a lot <laughs> more dialogue in, in this world number two really fun question you ready okay here it comes <laughs> i'm like nervous <laughs> <laughs> if you could have a billboard anywhere in the world any size anywhere in the world what would you put on that billboard? See, I love corny jokes, so I want to go with a corny joke, but I can't, I don't know any off the top of my head right now, so it's not going to work. Um, but then, like, as much as I love corny jokes, I am also, like, a 
activist and an advocate for other people. Um, so I would say all oppression is linked. That I think that is what would be in mm. bold, bold words um, to really, I think, I feel like it would start a conversation because one, you have a lot of people who see the word oppression and they're already upset and defensive. Mm. Um, but then if you really dig deep into what that means and what does that look like, it's letting you know that we have systems that, yeah, they were put in place years ago before us. Um, but we still have a responsibility to change those systems and we still all play a role in changing these systems. Uh, so I think that's what it would say. All oppression is linked. We all can do something. Let's just do it. I dig it. Thanks. I dig it. Uh, what is one of the best investments you have ever made, whether it be time, money, energy, et cetera, and why? Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm still trying to learn investments. So I, um, I definitely don't really invest my money properly at all. I'm still learning. I downloaded sure. Robinhood, but I don't understand stocks and investments or any of that. Very at few all. people do. So if anyone wants to tell me how to make money in the world, let me know. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's definitely not where I am. I think, I think time is like my biggest investment and I would say time within myself. And it's an investment that I'm still learning how to do because um, I do try to give a lot of my time to other people. Um, again, that, that supporting other people is what I'm big on. Um, so learning right now, and that's I'm investing it now, is time unto myself. Um, mm. So giving back to myself, whether it be just watching Netflix or you know going out, treating myself out by myself out for a dinner, um, things like that. So really trying to bring back that self-care and investing into myself. I think that's so important too. In yeah. the crazy world we live, uh, it's easy to get your priorities out of whack. You got to yeah. take care of yourself. Indeed. Uh, that's where I've, I've found running is good for me personally, because I knew she's looking at me shaking her head. Nah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to run. You can't relate to uh, this at all. <laughs> but where I was going to go with that is not necessarily the running exercise piece of it, but the piece of me going without headphones oh, wow. and being outside, mm. nothing but ambient, natural noise. Nice. And it actually ends up being really loud <laughs> because my head is spinning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and by the end of a run or just being outside from you can do it with a walk or whatever. Yeah. It's very therapeutic. I think outside in general. It's me time. Yes. Yeah. You got to unplug every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Last question. You ready? Got it. If we could assemble a three-person board of directors uh, to guide and mentor you through the rest of your life, uh, so to speak, the, the the business or company of Zyasia Nadler, you know, you always have a board of directors. <laughs> so who would your three board of directors be? They can be dead, alive, famous or not. Who would the three be and why? I feel like I'm definitely... Well, I know... For one, not to say that I'm going to do characteristics, but just characteristics-wise, it has to be someone that's going to be okay with me messing up because that's bound to happen. Um, so, of course, I'm going to go with my great-grandmother um, because Excellent. she was just a person. She, again, she passed away. Um, but she was just one. She didn't care what she said, like, at all. Mm. Um, and, like, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it when it was coming at me sometimes. But, you know, it's, yeah, it's supposed yeah, to happen yeah, yeah, that way. Yeah. You know, you're not supposed to like everything that everyone <laughs> says to you. Um, so definitely her because she was a ball of energy and fun. Um, and being raised by her was a pleasure. Um, Maya Angelou I'm going with as well. 
Um, I think there was a interview she had, and again, it just went viral recently. Um, and she corrected someone and was like, it's Miss Angelo to you or something like that. Cause the person had called her Maya Ooh, and she corrected them, um, and said, and I was like, in the correction, I was like, yes, you know, I think that, that assertiveness is necessary, um, in some ways of life. So I feel like she would reinstill in me that one, it's okay to say no. And two, it's okay to correct people. Like, cause sometimes I want to correct someone. I'm like, eh, maybe not. Now I don't have that as much. Um, but like, I think she's really big on correcting people and poetry. I love poetry. So that is an easy go-to. You mentioned in the beginning of the podcast too, when you looked up your definition of gumption. Yeah. You didn't particularly love aggressiveness, assertiveness. Mm-hmm. So that's a good choice. Yeah. she give you a little more yeah, of it maybe. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's not to change the topic because I'm going to answer the third sure. person too. Um, but the way, the reason I don't like it is because the stereotype that comes with being a black woman and oh, being aggressive and assertive is bad. Mm. Um, so it goes against this like black superwoman complex that we're supposed to have where, you know, we're supposed to be strong and save everything and save everyone. Um, but yet we have to say it in a nice way that pleases others. Um, so being a black woman, being aggressive and assertive is not always taken lightly. Like it's, it usually turns back to bite you in the butt. Mm. Um, so I, that's why I say it, um, gotcha. in a lot of ways, uh, but I'm still choosing her because <laughs> I think, cause then she also has that aspect of, she doesn't even care. So I think right. adding her with my, um, yeah. great grandmother, um, would be good. Dynamic duo so yeah, far. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I don't know who the third person is. I don't know who I would choose. Like, easy me would say Beyonce because, you know, it's just, it's Beyonce. Like, yeah. why, why wouldn't yeah, she? Yeah, why you wouldn't know? you? She donates back to community. She makes a lot of money. You know, she appears to be happy. We don't really know, but, you know, <laughs> we it, assume it appears. So. Yeah, we assume. She's smiling a lot uh, in the yeah. photos. <laughs> Nothing really comes out negatively. You know, I... I don't know. I may have to go with Beyonce. Like everyone else in my life is amazing too, but yeah. I, I think I may have to go with Beyonce. This is your board of directors, okay? I know. Yeah. I mean, I Beyonce's think... gonna make me money. She's True. gonna teach me how to make money. She's True. gonna teach me stocks and investments. True. She probably <laughs> could. She probably teach me some stocks yeah. and investments too. Or she pay someone to do it for me. So either way, that works. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Zyasia, yeah. thank you so much. This has been an awesome episode like i said in the beginning i was like "Ah, i knew we were gonna have some fun we're gonna (laughs) definitely have some fun and i learned something i love it i love it thank you uh sending message you'd like to give to any of the the listeners um yeah i mean i'm cool like i'm nice uh (laughs) i agree if you're from clinton county and you know you want to go to olives and play like a game of uno you know like we can make that happen like i'm fine with that i like um, playing games there we've done that before it's not sure uncommon yeah. uh if you're trying to collaborate on like an event that has to do with um violence against women diversity equity inclusion uh lgbtq issues like feel free to reach out to me i'm always down to collaborate especially with the community because i'm big on trying to get people to stay in plattsburgh just because i need people <laughs> yeah we <laughs> um, all for do. myself we all do um so yeah, I think I'm pretty open. I'm cool. What's the best way for people to contact you if that's okay to share? Yeah. Um, huh. 
I'd say my Plattsburgh, my Plattsburgh email address. So ZNADL001 at Plattsburgh.edu. Um, I'm going to go that direction. Unless like you're going to email me and tell me you didn't like any of my answers. Then, you know, just yeah. <laughs> just, just send it to you all. The, like, if, if you didn't like any of it and you have to. Just send it to you know, Ryan. You like, can send good. it to stories of gumption podcast <laughs> at Gmail. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think that works well. That works great. Awesome. Zaisha, thank you so much. This has been a great episode. Thank you. Everybody, don't forget, we are sponsored by Open Gate Farmstead. Happy animals make the healthiest and tastiest product. Check them out on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, and they'll take a dollar off your first order of eggs if you haven't ordered their eggs before. Let them know. Uh, Matt and Sarah Craig, owners of Open Gate Farmstead. Also, Kavanaugh Realty. Galen and Joey Trombley, they're they're out there selling homes and they're working their butts off to help move the economy forward in their own way. Hashtag local matters. Thank you so much. This has been another good one. Episode 14. Thank you. We done. <laughs> mm.